Well, you know, there's always the hope that eventually we'll get to the point where, you know, there's no bullying because that's effectively what it is. Mm -hmm. And nobody has the right to bully another person. So, you know, and, and if that still continues to go on, which I'm, it will, we don't want anybody else to die. We want people to be able to get out and live their own lives and, and, you know, be in healthy relationships or be by themselves if that's the healthiest thing for them, Mm -hmm. but be safe. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking to Laura Mosley of the Walking Wounded blog. And I just want to put a little trigger warning on this one because we are going to be diving into some sensitive topics around domestic and sexual abuse. So again, just want to put a little trigger warning out there just for everybody listening, just so you know, we are going to be talking about some sensitive topics today. So Laura is the writer and owner on the Walking Wounded blog. She's a domestic and sexual abuse survivor and an advocate for women. So she is doing some really wonderful things coming out of her abuse and being a survivor, she's now helping other survivors advocate for themselves and offering programs and resources just to let women know that they're not alone in this. She's also going to be creating a podcast soon. So I really just want to thank Laura for being so candid on this interview. And again, it extremely sensitive topic And let's just get started and let's dive into the show. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for coming on the show. So can you start by introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit about your career, your family, and your blog? Okay. My name is Laura Mosley. I'm a single mom of three. I work for a social services organization. I'm a customer service representative for them. So I get to help lots of people, which makes me very happy. And I survived uh, 23 plus years of sexual and domestic abuse, ending a 26-year marriage because of that. So what I'm doing now in order to both heal myself and help others. I know when I was going through the abuse, I didn't have a lot of resources. And I think the abusers do that on purpose. They keep Mm -hmm. their victims from resources. So I didn't think I could make it on my own. I didn't think I could do what I'm doing. So my purpose with my blog and my inspirational Facebook page and uh, my upcoming podcast that I'm going to start recording is to provide resources, inspiration to people that are either currently going through it or trying to survive after Mm -hmm. the effects of abuse. 
Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. But thank you so much for coming on and just being willing to talk about it, because I think it's important that other women know that there are resources. So what you're doing, I think is just wonderful. I appreciate that. I mean, it's not something I would have wanted to go through either, but it's amazing how resourceful you can be on your own and how strong you realize you truly are when you have to go through things like that or be creative about getting things done and taking care of children and yourself. Although usually yourself is pushed to last, but Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those things you have to take into stride because I've had a lot of people say, well, I don't know how you did it. Honestly, I, I don't either. I mean, when I look back on it, it's kind of overwhelming. But, you know, these are things that I know when I was going through it, when I read inspirational things of other people that survived big traumatic issues, it was always kind of a comfort to me that, oh, it, it is possible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's tr- kind of what I'm trying to provide as well. I mean, if my story can just help one person, that's, you know, I've won. But yeah, for sure. And I'm almost positive that just by coming on this podcast, I think you're helping at least one person. So, (laughs) so thank you for being willing to share your story. No problem. So I guess, what advice would you give to someone who's currently in abuse situation? So if you had to just give them a message right now to give them hope, what would it be? I know a lot of times when there's support people or, you know, people outside that circle of abuse, they get very judgmental and, you know, oh, you should leave. How did you stay that long? Honestly, if a person's going through active abuse, they need to do what they can do safely. Mm -hmm. And they do have to plan things. They do have to be very careful. I mean, it's all about safety, you know, I'm heartsick every time in the news I read about somebody who who passed away because they decided to end their life Mm. or see it on the news. And, you know, it's all about safety. It's all about what you can do safely. And, and, you know, I never judge anybody that goes back to their abuser. Sometimes it's better the devil, you know, than the one that you don't, but they have to be able to do what they need to do for them. And and there's children involved. I mean, Mm -hmm. when it's not just you, Mm -hmm. that takes even more planning. So it's all about safety and non-judgment. I know when I was in active abuse, I worried about what other people thought. I didn't want them to know. You know what? I shouldn't have worried about that. It's what about what's going to be best for me and my children safely. Mm -hmm. What everybody else thinks doesn't matter. Their opinions are their own business. So it's all about safety. And that's what I always preach. So if you can't do it right now, fine. If you need somebody to listen without judgment, I'm here, you know, but seems like everybody else puts that victims, I guess, getting out on their agenda, not the victims, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't think that's fair. So just be calm and as collected as possible. And just, you know, try and be as methodic as possible, though, that's not always an option. I mean, you just have to kind of plan that and center it around safety. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that sort of like other people put getting out first, but it's such a good point. Because yeah, you you do think that you have to worry about like, especially if you have kids and things like that. So yeah, I think, and how do you feel about, I know with technology now, is that another sort of barrier, I guess, because you can sort of be tracked and especially if an abuser like looks at all of your phone and your internet stuff like that, is that an issue? And how do you, women can get around that. I believe it is an issue. 
my abuser turned on tracking on my phone because he was the one that held the the cell phone account. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not that I went anywhere that he didn't really know, but, you know, that's stalking. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you can't trust the person that you're with, obviously that's its own issue. But when you're controlling their every move, when you look at everything they do, it's all about power and control. And that's, that can be dangerous. I mean, there Mm -hmm. can be GPS trackers on vehicles without, you know, the other person's knowledge, which is illegal. You know, there can be cameras installed in the house, motion sensors. I mean, it just depends on how much control the abuser wants to take. So Mm -hmm. I think it does kind of amp up the sense of danger in a person's, you know, existence for sure. Yeah. And I would think it would also make you feel sort of powerless in a way because you can't like reach out even if you're trying to like post in a Facebook group for abuse survivors or something it's all kind of a danger right absolutely yeah I mean there's definitely ways around things I've assisted people with before I mean you have to kind of I know it sounds weird and odd but you have to kind of go low tech with it because Mm. you know the abuser thinks that they have the upper hand and sometimes they do but if you go low tech with things they're not expecting that not Mm -hmm. in the 21st century so right right. you know I mean it's just sometimes you do and then technology is great it can definitely be a help but it can also be a hindrance it's like going to the library you can go to the library and find great things and you can go to the library and find really horrible awful things so it just depends on how you want to use it For sure. Yeah. So what do you think? I know you touched on this a little bit earlier, but what do you think a good support system looks like? And especially for someone who is going through something like this, did you have family that was supportive of you and, you know, understood your situation and helped you sort of get through it? I do. My both my parents were definitely helpful. But of course, it's all in what they felt like what was going to be safe for me and what I could deal with. Because Mm -hmm. you know, my my dad at one point said, you know, you're gonna know when you're completely done, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're here for you. But there's only so much they can, you know, that support people can do. I mean, you feel helpless. Sometimes you see the victim go back to the abuser. Mm -hmm. And then people get angry. And really, all you can do is love them from a distance, listen without judgment and be there for them if they need it. I mean, definitely support systems can, whether they're, you know, actual blood family or friends or legal people or, you know, domestic violence advocates, they can help you with your safety plan. They can keep things confidential. But I always advise anybody going through abuse to keep their circle small because the less people, you know, there are, then the less wagging tongues, I guess, that there are. I mean, you definitely need to have certain supports in place, but Mm -hmm. you can't just tell everyone because that can pose a potential dangerous situation. So. Right. Yeah. I would think widening that circle too much would get kind of risky. Yeah. They definitely have to be careful, you know, who knows and what they know and, and things of that nature. Because as a, a victim, I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. You know, I got married young and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, I guess she'll be a good wife and mommy. And mm-hmm. and I wanted to be, but I also wanted to be, you know, I wanted to work and I wanted to provide for my family and I wanted to have a strong family system and, mm-hmm. and have everything that my parents who are have been married, you know, nearly 50 years have shown me that's exactly how it needs to be. I didn't have that. And I guess I wanted to keep the illusion of it. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why, but now it, I mean, it just seems so insane, but at the time that's what I wanted everybody to think was going on. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense because if you think about it, you sort of probably were in a a survival mode, right? Exactly. So it makes sense that you wanted to cling on to that. Exactly. I, I think that's what, when people, I hate the question, oh, why did you stay? Well, Again, better the devil you know than the one that you don't, because yeah. once you leave, it's it's so dangerous because you don't know what they're planning. You don't, mm-hmm. they're trying to get you back and they're not. So you don't know what insanity they're planning to unleash. But I mean, it was sometimes, you know, it's just the change is scary. The, and it sounds weird and also insane, but not knowing what to expect. And oh my gosh, maybe they were right. Maybe I'm a horrible person. Maybe I can't do this. I mean, that's a little scary in itself. So. Yeah, for sure. I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine going through all of that. So what do you think gives you hope to keep going forward in your advocacy work, to keep helping women? What kind of gives you hope to keep doing this type of work? Well, you know, there's always the hope that eventually we'll get to the point where, you know, there's no bullying because that's effectively what it is. Mm -hmm. And nobody has the right to bully another person. So, and if that still continues to go on, which I'm, it will, we don't want anybody else to die. We want people to be able to get out and live their own lives and, and, you know, be in healthy relationships or be by themselves if that's the healthiest thing for them, mm-hmm. but be safe. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. That's what gives me hope is you want other women and men because men go through abuse as well to be safe. Yeah, that's definitely a good good thing to want for people to just to be safe because we often like you had mentioned earlier we kind of want to fix people's problems when they come to us especially if like say a good friend came to you and said something was going on and they needed help with it but we tend to be like fixers i think sometimes as women and just tell them well why don't you get out why don't you do this why don't you do this but that might not be the right thing at that moment So maybe us as like support people have to take a step back and really kind of think what that person really needs at that moment, right? Yeah. And and sometimes you just have to go, okay, you know, we we want to we don't make the situation worse. What do you need? What Mm -hmm. do you feel like you need? And a lot of times they don't even know they're so uh, bewildered, you know, so you have to kind of I know it sounds real basic, but you have to go through like Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs. Are you safe Mm -hmm. currently? Okay, what do you need? How can we start this process, you know, of getting you out of there if that's what you know, needs to happen, you know, let's start a safety plan. And then you know that things can blossom from there, things of that nature. I mean, yeah, ultimately, if we love and care for somebody, we want them to be safe, we want them to get out, we want them to have what they need. But, you know, it's always easier to fix somebody else's problems than your own. If you're not in their shoes, you have no idea what they need. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, for sure. So Laura, is there anything else advice wise or anything else you want to mention or share or offer advice to our listeners? Well, you know, so many people, even when they're in abuse, they're in denial. I was for the longest time. I'm like, oh, that's, I'm not really being abused. It's not really happening. Mm -hmm. You know, at first when I was younger, we thought, oh, we were passionate and young and full of vigor and not really thinking about it. But then after a while, you know, you're like, "Eh, this isn't right. This Mm -hmm. isn't normal. And you start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Like I would keep things from my abuser just so it wouldn't aggravate him. That's not me. I don't like to lie. I never Mm -hmm. advocate lying. But you know, sometimes 
abuse victims have to keep things from, you know, or have to sugarcoat things in a way to where it's safe. Yeah. You know, I always, I always advocate telling the truth and being, you know, being yourself, but sometimes you can't be and support people just don't understand, especially if they've never been through it. The best advice that I can give for people who are support people, which are, you know, probably a larger number than abuse victims is be patient. Just listen, listen without judgment, listen without talking and don't tell them what they need to do. Ask them what they need and how you can best help them with that. You'll help them no matter what, but you know, we have, it's all about safety. Mm -hmm. And that's really the best advice that I can give, you know, I'm to both victims and their support staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important to provide those types of tips for support people too. So yeah, so thank you so much, um, Laura, for sharing this story and just for doing the work you do. Because I know that it takes a lot to sort of put your story out there when you've been through something like that. So it does. I know whenever I speak, usually about a day prior, I start getting a little agitated. It's just things that you have to think of that most of the time people want to bury what happened mm-hmm. to him in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, my therapist said, you know, if you continue to share your story, you're giving that less power over you and you're helping other people go, oh, wow, I thought she had it all together. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just, for people to know that there's more than just physical abuse. I know that when people think domestic abuse, that's immediately what they go to. It can be physical, it can be mental, it can be verbal, Mm -hmm. it can be financial of all Mm -hmm. things. I didn't even know that was a thing until a few years ago as it was happening to me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that one too. And spiritual, you know, my ex-husband, they didn't Mm -hmm. really go to church. So he used that against me. I'm Catholic. I've had our children baptized Catholic. He used that against me a lot. Didn't realize that was a thing either, but it definitely Mm. is. So a good example of that is one thing that he used was, oh, well, you can't divorce me. You're Catholic. You'll go to hell. You'll, you'll, you know, your family will disown you. And, you know, I really, Mm. that became a fear, Hmm. you know, and after I talk to my parents about that. They were like, oh no, in the Bible, it says not being unevenly yoked, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and communication definitely is key, but yeah, that's just for people to know that there's more than just physical abuse out there. And just because, you know, if somebody's going through the, the verbal and the mental doesn't mean it's any less abuse than what somebody, you know, is enduring. It's not a contest folks. Mm-hmm. Um, abuse is abuse. And nobody deserves that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you mentioned like the financial or even the spiritual mm-hmm. um, levels of abuse and how really the abuser, what their, I think their job sounds like is to just choose those things that are important to you and use it against you, right? Yes, use it as leverage. I mean, they're all about power and control. So if you, you know, came from a family that's very soft-spoken, never got yelled at, if they're going to yell at you, they can control you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've worked the entire time I was married, pretty much. I mean, there was a few small periods where I didn't work, but, you know, and he would use the financial over me. He would take that money and, you know, and then give me so much money for groceries and control Mm -hmm. what I did. Mm -hmm. So I either, you know, 
worked within that budget and saved money, which is usually what I did. Or I'm like, you know, I really need 20 more dollars. I need feminine products. Oh, well, too bad. You're going to have to figure something out. Mm. That can be used as control. I had to go without feminine products at some points in my marriage because he was going to control me that way. And basically it's breaking down that victim to the lowest level. So they'll submit. And that's pretty bad to be controlled over feminine products, I have to say. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So yeah. So thank you again, Laura. I'm just so appreciative of having these real conversations because I think that's just important for people to hear in addition to, you know, some of the more positive topics we talk about. I think it's just as equally important to talk about these and to reach people that are going through it. Absolutely. And it's not just during October when it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have to be aware of it at all times. So yeah. So transitioning a little bit, I just have sort of a set of questions that I ask every guest to kind of Mm -hmm. just find out a little bit more about what you're working on, um, what you like and things like that. So the first one is, what is something you consider to be your non-negotiable practice that you have to do every day to sort of take care of yourself and start or end your day on a positive note? Well, I definitely, you know, pray and and have conversations with God every morning, have to have coffee, Mm -hmm. have to have (laughs) basic things, have to have a shower to get going. And I have to, I just have to be thankful for what I have and what's going right in my life because it's so easy to concentrate on things that maybe aren't going as great as you'd Mm -hmm. hoped because Worst case scenario, I'm safe. I don't have to go through all of all of the turmoil that I did. So I, I just, I'm thankful for sure. And I'm trying to get more exercise back into my routine. I was doing that for the longest time. And mm-hmm. I kind of put that to the wayside. Self-care, I struggle with that. So trying to do more of that every day for myself. But yeah, I always say even a little bit counts. Like even if it's just like five or 10 minutes, something like you take 10 minutes with your own thoughts and drink a cup of coffee, it's still self-care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what would be your favorite working mom hack to get you through a hectic or difficult day? Um, I am still, as much as I'm technology driven, I still have a paper calendar. I have to make sure I have that and look at it every day. I make lists. I mean, I don't know. I feel like when you have been through abuse, I know this sounds weird, but stay with me. We're control freaks. We control what we can control. And we're still like that even after surviving that. I I want things, certain forms of control. Certain forms of control for me are making lists mm-hmm. and prioritizing things. You know, of course, I make sure everybody else is taken care of. I always have. I And again, I'm, I'm guilty of putting myself last even now, but I go ahead and, and but I, I make sure that I do one or two things for myself at least but the list, oh my gosh, being a working mom at times, having to work a couple jobs at a mm-hmm. time, especially being a single mom. But you know, that's that's what I have to do. I have to make sure everybody's taken care of. I have lists for work. I have lists for home. I have lists for myself, things of that nature, lists for, you know, my advocacy that I'm working on just to prioritize things so I don't leave anything out because after everything I've been through, I've had a traumatic brain injury just from all the physical abuse that I've endured. Mm. And so my memory and recall isn't as sharp as it used to be. So the lists are like what I cling to. So (laughs) 
Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I am I am a paper lover and I <laughs> do. As, as much as I try to do the digital thing and go entirely digital, I still end up with lists of paper everywhere <laughs> or paper lists. Right. Sticky notes, things sticky like that. Sticky notes. Oh yeah. We love sticky notes in my house. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to I try to consolidate everything, but not always <laughs> successful with that either. So who are um some of your favorite either like podcasters, a blogger? author of a favorite book or other experts that have influenced you? There, I have a few. Um, There is a couple of people. There's Dr. Judy Orloff. She talks about energy vampires, people that virtually suck the life out of you. And and Hmm. I'm a people person. I'm a helper. It's so easy to let people suck the life out of you, unfortunately. Mm -hmm easier than than I ever imagined. And reading that, that's been an, an eye opener. There's a really good writer. Um, her name is Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of these have to do with kind of reclaiming your power and, and surviving narcissistic abuse, because I've gone through this over half of my life. So mm-hmm. when you have something like that, it tends to be very you know, a part of your identity. So I read things like that just because not only does that help me, but that also makes it to where I can kind of help others too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think that's pretty um, crucial. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot more people that are kind of narcissistic. Seems like as we go along, you know, people are all about me. For sure. Um, Yeah. And so it kind of helps. It helps in business. It helps in sales. It helps in customer support too. Mm -hmm. So it kind of encompasses my whole being, unfortunately. <laughs> but another uh, writer that I really like, her name is, uh, I'm trying to think how you say her name. It's Lauren Kozlowski. Okay. She talks about like trauma bonding and things like that, narcissistic abuse. And that's, that's she's interesting. I feel like she's like looked over my shoulder most of my life. But, you know, as far as bloggers and things, I just read what you know, what topic I'm interested in at the time. So I Mm -hmm. just really can't say. Yeah, for sure. But those are my favorite writers. And a lot of times they have blogs as well. So it's kind of nice to kind of keep up, even though they wrote these, you know, crucial books, then you can see what else they're working on and what else is their perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives a lot of hope that way too. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I love Renee Brown as well. Um, I've read, I think three of her books. And then Mm -hmm. she also has a podcast now called Unlocking Us. And that has been absolutely amazing. I haven't had an opportunity to listen to that, but that is on my list of to do's for sure. Yeah. I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. It's just amazing listening to that. So, but yeah, I would agree on her and I'll have to check out the other two. Um, mm-hmm. Add those to my list to check out. Yeah. So Laura, what are you currently working on that you're most excited about? You mentioned that you're starting a podcast. I am. I call my blog uh, the DV Walking Wounded as in domestic violence, walking wounded. Mm-hmm. Walking wounded a lot of times is really a term reserved for veterans that have been through combat and, you know, have been through a lot of traumatic experiences. I mean, as a domestic abuse survivor, I've been through a lot of traumatic experiences. I've been in a, a domestic combat most of my life as I have almost all domestic abuse victims. Mm-hmm. So that's why I named it that. I've just, my blog is just what I go through, what I found, just kind of 
writing about different things, resources, things of that nature. I have an inspirational Facebook page that I constantly add to. I share things that I think are pertinent that are, you know, people need to know or hear or certain toll-free numbers and things that are available, like, you know, a moving company that I read about that will move domestic abuse victims for free, Mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. I think that more of that needs to be shared. That's good stuff. That's positive things, you know, in this negative world. I'm also going to start my podcast. I'm recording stuff for it now and kind of writing down my ideas and things. I'll probably start off on my own first, but I would like to eventually start interviewing, you know, and I am going to call that the DV walking wounded. It's going to be on anchor. I've been playing with that, uh, that little piece of technology right now. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's just trial and error, you know, being a single mom on a shoestring budget, you know, just trying to try to get things out there. And, and I'm also working on a book, but it's a book that I'm probably going to have to publish under a different name just Mm -hmm. because, you know, abusers, they can sue you for defamation of character, Mm -hmm. not trying to, you know, I wish, I wish him well. I don't wish any ill on on him. Right. But I don't want him to try and do that to me, but I still want to help people. And I don't want him to go, Hey, I need part of this too. Yeah. You know, anything that I make off of that, I'd like to, you know, keep putting into, to my projects and, you know, getting that information out there and helping as many people as I possibly can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't even think about that aspect that you would probably need to publish under a different name, but yeah, totally understandable. That's what I'm most excited about. I also do articles for different things about, you know, what I've survived. There's a really awesome magazine now for survivors of domestic abuse called Scars of Survival. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just incredible. And I get, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to write for them on occasion. And, you know, I've been asked to speak and I'd like to be a speaker that gets asked to come out, even if it's just, you know, to help people to talk at different summits and things just to travel. I love to travel, but just to meet new people and network. And I found out even just through Facebook, how big a support system there are among survivors. Yeah. You know, and it's incredible. And it's so encouraging that this is the stuff that abusers don't want their victims to know. Yeah. I mean, it it has to be amazing the way technology has allowed people to sort of reach out to each other. Whereas 20 or 30 years ago, that might not have been possible. Right. And then, you know, that way we can all heal. I mean, there's just so many, you know, these children that see this abuse can turn out to be victims themselves later or abusers. And we're not trying to perpetuate that cycle. If we can stop that, that's a big thing. Right, for sure. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast again and for sharing your story and all of your wonderful resources. I know, you know, even like you said earlier, even if this just helps one person listening, I think it's just great that you're out there doing this advocacy work. Well, thank you. Uh, It makes me, you know, it helps me kind of wake up in the morning and and feel like I have a purpose. I mean, I I obviously have a purpose. I'm a, you know, a customer service person. I'm a mom, but -hmm. you know, this gives me just a, a personal purpose that I definitely needed. Yeah, for sure. And I talk about that a lot on this show, kind of finding your purpose as a mom. (laughs) So absolutely perfectly fits in with that theme. So I will also include all of the links to your website and your Facebook page and your resources in the show notes. So everyone can go and check those out when the episode gets released. And so yeah, they can find you online. All right. Well, thank you for having me again. I really appreciate the time. Yes, Laura, thank you so much. And you have a great day. 
You too. Thanks. And to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Don't forget to go check out the show notes for links to all of the resources that we've talked about today. And I wanted to let you know of an amazing new mini course that I'm offering. So if you head on over to the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose, you can sign up for a mini course on discovering the path to your purpose. So in this course, I will take you through six modules to help you go from stressed, burnt out, and overwhelmed in your current career situation to happy, excited, and hopeful, and filled with passion for pursuing your purpose. So this mini course will set you up to pursue your purpose with the mindset that you can actually turn your dreams into a business. So go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash purpose to sign up for this mini course and tag me on Instagram once you sign up, letting me know what you've discovered in your journey to pursuing your passions. So let me just tell you, I have been wanting to release a resource for all of you for the longest time and I'm finally just putting this out into the world in hopes that it will help somebody that was like me about a year or two ago when I was completely unhappy in my current career situation. I knew I had to make a change but I didn't exactly know where to even start. I didn't know what even the next step would look like. So this mini course is for you if you have that feeling where you know that you want to do something more, that you want to pursue something else, and you just really are unsure of where to get started. So it will be six modules. Module one will be a skill assessment and survey. Module two will be mindset work. Module three will be truly exploring your dreams and what those look like and how you can actually turn them into reality. Module four will be taking those dreams that you explored and formulating them into a business idea. Module five will be marketing plan basics for marketing your business. And module six will be the tech tools that you need to get started. So if you would like to start pursuing your purpose today, then just go sign up on the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose. And like I said, tag me on Instagram or DM me or send me an email and let me know how it's going for you. I really want to help you through exploring and discovering your purpose and some business ideas that you have. So please do tag me and send me DMs. I read all of them. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I will catch you on the next show. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. 
So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful. And just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.